are going to listen to our scripture reading this morning. Psalm 102, verse 12 and 13. I read, But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. You will arise and have pity on Zion. It is the time to favor her. The appointed time has come. Amen. And the second reading is taken from Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 19. Jesus begins his ministry. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I will take the 18 and the 19 again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. This is the word of the Lord this morning. So this morning, let's prepare our hearts. The voice that you'll be hearing is our own Reverend Ray Degajo. We call him Pastor Ray. Press on. Victory. This is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and we shall be glad in him. I bring you greetings from the first service and we thank God for bringing us together in his presence. And I'm sharing on the topic, the spiritual arise for Zion. The spiritual arise for Zion. And I'm putting these two scriptures together. The Psalm 102, verse 1 to verse 28, where we will pick some few things from there. And we combine it with Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 19. Our focus for this Sunday is the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, particularly in the life of Jesus Christ. I believe that the, the WME, and I want to thank God for the leadership of the WMU for the honor. I, I, I feel honored, but humbled also for the invitation. I want to believe that they are drawing our attention to the challenging times in which we are, the lamentations of the heart of many people, the difficult times in which we are, and the fact that it looks like God has failed. From what the writer, and it is said that we still don't even know the writer of Psalm 102, but the, the outpouring of the heart brings us to a place of thanking God every day for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And as I prepared, there was a scripture that came so strongly to me. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 to 24. Lamentations chapter 3, 
verse 22 towards 24. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we are not consumed or we are not perished. For his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Verse 24. I said the Lord is my portion. And the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I put my hope in him. Therefore, I put my hope in him. The Bible says that because of the compassions of the Lord, because of the closer work with the Holy Spirit, because of the ministration of the Holy Spirit, we are not consumed. There are things that can deal with you and if you don't take care, you will feel like giving up. But a work with the Holy Spirit and another name for him is the paraclete. Paraclesto. The paraclete, the advocate, the side-by-side partner, the one that works with you. You dare not walk without him. For this life will be a difficult life without the work of the Holy Spirit. And personally, I have tested what we talk about, the work of a compassionate partner, physically. I remember some years back, I don't know whether he will even remember it because it's been some years now, over 20 years, when we had our children, our firstborn. We've been married for about two to three years before we had our issue. And when we had our children, they were twins, two boys. I've never been on that journey before. My wife had never been on that journey before. But this particular time, one of the younger ones, one of the twins, fell sick and cried all night and we didn't know what to do. My wife was confused. I was confused. And as I prayed, I heard clearly. And where we live was so close to my parents. But the Holy Ghost said, call your senior pastor, who is also your boss, who is also your senior brother, who is also the one you look up to, call him. Now, at first was trying to hesitate. And then the voice said, call him. Because I was feeling, how would I call him at this time? After all, it is me and my baby and my wife. But along the line, the first came again and said, call him. So I called. And I could sense, I couldn't tell my wife, but I could sense that we're almost losing this boy. We're almost losing him. And I picked the phone and I said, Pastor Fred, we are in trouble. One of the twins is not well. We don't know what it is, but we are rushing to Kolebu. Pastor Fred said, I will meet you there. Beloved, by the time we got to Kolebu, Pastor Fred was already there. I know that by his training, he is a chaplain, hospital chaplain. But I don't know of the other side of his training that anybody can call him. And After all, you and your wife had your baby. Why call him to come about worrying? But the man was at Kolebu. By the time we got there, he was there. And he helped us wherever he could, whatever he could. And he was with us. The things were normalized. The baby was in Kolebi for four days. But this is the point. Sometimes when I share some of these things, this is the point. We were confused. We were helpless. We needed mercy so much that I didn't notice. My wife didn't notice. And my wife got to Kolebu. By the time we got to Kolebu, before we realized that Sabio, my wife had put on a dress, which was a see-through dress. But she had wore only a panty, but didn't wear anything to cover her panty. 
That was how serious it was. That was how challenging. But there was a partner. There was an advocate. There was someone who came by my side and showed me mercy and helped me. Fast forward the story. Not too long again, these twins, whilst we were going through the challenge of ministering and taking care of them, we didn't know how we were to feed them. They thank God, WMU. Thank God for Lydia ladies. Whilst we were in the house one day, all of a sudden, Auntie Philo, Philomena Redu came to the house. The usual runs of WMU came to visit us and saw my wife and I struggling. We were lamenting. As to how do we feed these two boys? They were young. I had to hold one. My wife would feed one. And then after that, then, so when Philo came, she looked and said, Sally, uh-uh, I've been there before. Let me show you something. My mother, my mother gave birth to triplets, but she didn't have this one. But the Holy Ghost revealed this one. <laughs> and then Auntie Philo said, Sally, sit down. She sat. She put a pillow on one side. Put another pillow here. He said, put the baby on one pillow and take the baby and put now, take the two breasts and feed them. <laughs> Look, the Holy Ghost must be your partner. Other than that, you will suffer in life. Other than that, you will struggle in life. And so, the writer of Lamentations in Psalm 102 was shouting and saying that, where do I get help from? When I look at my life, my life is wasting away. For when I remember Zion, and Zion was the old Jerusalem, the city of God. But again, Jerusalem can be figurative for a mother who takes care of her children. Or it could also stand for the church. And the writer said, Zion has been shattered. I have lost everything. And I am in captivity. I have lost the joy, the beauty, the one-time Zion who stood so firm, I have lost it. But I have good news for you. Zion's story will change. I said the story of Zion will change. Your story will change because the Holy Spirit is by your side and the Holy Spirit will help you. Say amen. So let's go back to the test again. Psalm 102, verse 12 and 13. But you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown or your fame endures through all generations. Verse 13. You will arise and have compassion and mercy on Zion. For it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come. Then let's go to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. The verse 14 towards 19. Then Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout the vicinity. He was teaching in their synagogue, being praised by everyone. He came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up as usual, and he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah 61 was given to him. And he read, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight, to the blind, to set free the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord. He wrote up the scroll and gave it back to them and sat down. And he said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled. Hallelujah. So when I take it to Psalm 102, 
where the writer, if you read the verses from verse 3 to verse 11, the lamentations of the writer of Psalm 102 was a lamentation of fear, hopelessness, defeat. She said, at the point my skin is wasting away. And once the writer had lost all hope, then the voice of the Lord came to the writer that the Lord will arise for Zion again. All is not lost. God will do a new thing. And therefore, there are three things I want to say that we, are, we need in our generation. If there's anything we need in our generation, it's not the possessions, it's not the prestige, it's not the popularity, but three things we need from the scriptures we have read. Why is the writer in Psalm 102 was lamenting of the days in which they are, of the deplorable condition, Jesus came in Luke chapter 4 and gave hope to the world. And I want to say there are three things that everybody needs in this world. Number one, mercy. Whoever thinks you don't need mercy, then you are serving another God. Hello? Whoever thinks you don't need mercy, because the Bible says, as the handmaid looks to their master for food, so do we also look up to you. In other words, without God's mercy, we are doomed. Number two is hope. If there's anything this generation needs, it's the mercy of God and the hope of God in the midst of hopelessness. Number three, the power and the partnership of the Holy Spirit. The power and the partnership of the Holy Spirit. I don't know how you can make it these days without the presence and the help of the Holy Spirit. Because my Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, that when the devil had tempted him for a moment, he left. So it meant that every blessed day there is a warfare. The devil may leave you for a moment, but he will come back again. So we need the presence of the Holy Spirit, even in our challenging times. And may he be our side and help us. So quickly you will ask, why are we talking about partnership with the Holy Spirit? And why are we looking at the area of ministry to the Holy Spirit? And why must I call the Holy Spirit in my day of lamentation? As Psalm 102, the writer cries out. Number one, the reason why you and I need mercy is because of the afflictions and adversities we are going through. As you sit here, only God knows what you are going through. Some of them, you cannot even have the words to describe them. Some of us are going through all kinds of affliction. But move away from your personal affliction. And there is a generational affliction that is going through the whole world. That there's a national affliction and there's a global affliction. Never ever has it ever happened in all generation that for once, the whole world came to a standstill because of COVID. Airports were shut. There were no flights. Everything came to a standstill. That should tell you that there's a global affliction and adversity. And without the presence of the Holy Spirit, you cannot handle it. You cannot make it. So, as we look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit, vis-a-vis -vis 102, the lamentations within people's hearts, the Lord is calling you and I that may the Holy Spirit lift you from your comfort zone. May the Holy Spirit lift you from where you are 
today, you and your children, your table is surrounded with food. Your children are sleeping in comfortable rooms. But there is a son, there is a boy who has not eaten. There's a mother who is sick. There's somebody who has no shelter. And the Lord is calling you and I. Then may the Holy Ghost convict you. And may you have a burden for the afflicted. Last week Sunday, something happened. I went to a place and I was giving some money. Just for something. And the Holy Spirit said, you dare not touch this money. It is for charity. I said, yes, sir. I needed money, but Holy Ghost said, you will not use it. So come. And what I do Saturday before Sunday is that I prepare my offering. So I, I shed the monies into envelopes and wrote people as I prayed. I said, Holy Ghost, give me people's name. And I wrote names on the envelopes and I got to church. And then I began to give it out. Some are widows, some are single parents, and I gave it out. Then by Sunday evening, of all the people I called, some called later, but one called. I said, I didn't see you in church. He said, yes, but your envelope got to me. I said, what happened to you? He said, Pastor, I've been sick. And she's a single parent of three children. She said, Pastor, I've been sick, and I've been in a room. But it was your money that came. And I quickly dressed up and went to the clinic. So, Pastor, I was sick. I could not come to church. And I was at home in pain. But the envelope you sent was what made me rise up. And I managed to go for, to clinic. And I was treated. I want you to know that we are in the days of affliction. Number two, the world is in crisis. The world is in crisis. Fear, panic, helplessness, restlessness. Look, you sleep and you sleep, oh, but there are people who don't sleep. They are surrounded by wealth. They are surrounded by money. They are surrounded by things. But they are afraid because they don't have the Holy Spirit in their heart. But you and I can go to bed and the Holy Ghost gives us rest. And the Holy Ghost gives us sleep. And so as you go around, remember that the world is in crisis. Number two, three, human limitation. Never again has it ever been so clear of human weakness against God's strength. The COVID again showed all human beings that only God has strength. As, as we sat by the TV and saw how people died in the COVID era and how they were packed and, and buried and how families could not see them and how people could not touch them and how human beings was helpless should bring us to our knees and make us know that if you are strong today, it's by the grace of God. It's not what you are. It's not what you have. It's the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Hallelujah. Number four, reason why I will need the Holy Spirit in my life as I serve the Lord is that I, I, I must be aware of the presence of evil and the enemy. Look at Satan. If you don't respect anybody at all, why go to Jesus 
and try to tempt him. But he's the old schoolmaster. He has his tricks. He does not change. He has his strategies. And he went to Jesus and tried to make Jesus fall. And what the devil does is that he makes, he tempts us so that he'll bring the worst out of us. And so that he can accuse us. And he came with lust of the eyes, of the flesh, pride. He said, oh, do this, do that, and I will, I will give you this. And so he comes to entice us with pride, with material things, with worldly things. And so we are all chasing after things of this world. But I want you to know that the only way you can overcome the devil is by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we are also told that the reason why you and I will need the presence of the Holy Spirit is when you listen to the lamentation of the writer in Psalm 102, he was crying to God of the pain, of the embarrassment. He said, very soon, I will die. There was no hope. But at the point, she said, you will arise and you will have mercy on Zion. And that you will favor Zion for her appointed time has come. And then she said something. He said, so that when I have been raised up, I will go out into the public and I will declare your glory and your majesty to the whole world. The next thing why you and I will need the Holy Spirit is that we come from a community, we live in a community, and we must affect the community. Look at Jesus. When he came, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to set the captives free, the oppressed. The question is, where will he get the oppressed? Where will he get the captives? Where will he get those who are in trouble? It is when he enters the community. And my Bible says, after he left the wilderness, the next place he went was Galilee. And he sat with the people. And he was in touch with the community. Some of us, we are far removed from our community. We don't care what is happening. But this morning, I salute Calvary Baptist Church. I salute the leadership of the church for the great work being done in this place. I salute the WMU for the great work you are doing. I salute the library project. These are community things that we are doing. But sometimes people think, oh, we don't belong. But you belong to the community. Your money belongs to the community. Your prayer belongs to the community. Your touch belongs to the community. You are not blessed to bless yourself alone. You are blessed to be a blessing to the community. Affect your community. Enter into your community. Touch your community. But most of the time, many of us are removed from our professional job and our sacred. So in church, we are Christians. But in our offices, we are something different. People don't even know that we are Christians. But I want you to know that the Lord says, I should tell you, that you are a minister in your office. As a teacher, as a lawyer, as an engineer, whatever and wherever you are, you are in ministry. What does ministry mean? You are in service. The Holy Spirit says, I have placed you there for a purpose. So may you arise and affect your community. Tell somebody affects your community.
said to the person again, affect your community. Number six, it is dangerous to be familiar with the Holy Spirit. It's dangerous. When the devil went to Jesus, he tried to tempt him, do this, do that. And Jesus said, in Luke chapter 4, I think verse 8, and towards the verse 14, he said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Too many times, people treat the Holy Spirit as if it's their errand boy. We speak to the Holy Spirit anyhow. We don't care until we are in trouble that we call him. But the Holy Spirit is God. He's the Holy Spirit. He is part of the creation. He's, the, he's, the, he's part of the triune God. And he has authority and power. You cannot separate the Holy Spirit and treat him like an errand boy. The Holy Spirit has authority and power. And he does things beyond human understanding. Number two, let us not be too familiar with the move of the Holy Spirit. And I'm saying this thing carefully to we Calvary, to we Baptists, and to we Christians. Sometimes we are able to follow God with our human logic, with our intellectual mind. If A and A and A and A is this, it should be this. But sometimes God can surprise you. That where you are not thinking God will come from, God will move beyond your human understanding. This week, I challenge you. Open up to the Holy Spirit and let him do something beyond your human understanding. Because sometimes we put him in a box and think that he must be in a box. But the Holy Spirit is larger than your mind. And he's so, he's so huge that you cannot suppress him. That is why when you see the move of the Spirit, you must be careful what God is doing and connect to what the Lord is doing. May God help us that we can be examples as we walk with the Holy Spirit. Then the assignment we carry. The assignment we carry. Why was the devil looking for Jesus? He tried at his birth. He tried him every time. What exactly is the devil at? He's at the assignment on the life of Jesus. On the read Luke chapter 3, verse 21 to 23, we are told that people came to be baptized. And as they came to be baptized, the Holy Jesus also came. And he came praying, and the heavens opened. And when the heavens opened, the Spirit of God descended on Jesus, and a voice spoke, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Beloved, I'm here to to announce to somebody that there's an assignment on your life. I said there's an assignment on your life. You may think you have not been to school. You may think you don't know how, you don't have all. But God has called you with a specific assignment. Assignment to the north. Assignment to the Volta region. Assignment to Calvary Baptist Church. Your money has an assignment attached to it. Your position has an assignment attached to it. That is why God says, I know the plans and the thoughts I have for you. They are plans for good and not for evil. And like Paul said, I have fought the good fight and I have finished the race. In other words, there's a race to be run and there's a fight for every one of us. You must know why you are alive. You must know why God has called you. And you must know the assignment that God has given to you. 
WMU, God has given you assignment. Don't let anything distract you from assignment. Because sometimes, you see, you see, people's words, people's attitude makes us pull away from the assignment. But don't be distracted by the assignment that God has called you to do. And let's look at some of the resources that God gave Jesus. When the enemy came to tempt him, God gave, the Holy Spirit was with Jesus and he provided some resources. And those resources are at our disposal today. And I want you to take note of them. Number one, prayer. Prayer. If you read Luke 3, the Bible said he was praying. The more we pray, the more we are empowered. Without prayer, you cannot be empowered. But as we go to God in prayer, the Holy Spirit comes to empower us. He sharpens our gifts. He sharpens our skill. He opens our eyes. He energizes us. But number two, the love of the Father. The devil came to Satan, uh, the devil came to Jesus. I was trying to take his mind away from the Father's love. If you are son of man, son of God, why are you hungry? And like the lamentation in Psalm 102, sometimes we feel like what we are going through. God's love has been removed. But I'm here to tell somebody that the love of God will bring you joy. The love of God will bring you peace. And the love of God will bring you freedom. Hallelujah. The next thing that he gave was the word. As the devil was tempting him, Jesus said, it is written. It is written. So number one, prayer brings us empowerment. Number two, the love of God brings us enjoyment of the Holy Spirit. Number three, the word of God brings encouragement of the Holy Spirit. When we are weak, when the devil whispers things to us, say, that says the Lord. It is written, the word of God. Anything the devil came, Jesus said, the word of God. Beloved, the more you study the word, the more the Holy Spirit feeds on the word and he opens your eyes. Then number four, the spirit. The Holy Spirit came on Jesus and empowered him. And when I say the Holy Spirit, that means he empathized with him. He was in the temptation with him. He did not need Jesus. And that is why you and I, whatever temptations and trials we go through, the Holy Spirit empathizes with us. He stands side by side with us. But above all, he gave him time. He gave him time. Some of us, we are past 60, 70, and sometimes you feel like it's all over for me. But God says, I can give you time. And you can start all over again. When you are weak, I will make you strong. Maybe you look at your life and you are over 50. No house, nothing to show. And you feel like a failure. But this morning, God sent me to tell somebody that even at 55, you are about to begin a new thing. At 55, I'm about to show my glory. At 55, I will show that your time is not over. Tell somebody my time is not over. Say it again to somebody my time is not over. And so, in winding up, what are a few things we can learn? What are a few things we can learn? Can you, can you put a scripture there for me? Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Verse 18 and 19. And if you read the verse 18 and 19, if you go to Psalm 102, 
is a similar story there. Let me read what is there. I hated all my work that I labored at under the sun because I must leave it to one who comes after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or foolish. Yet he will take over all my work that I labored at skillfully under the sun. This too is futile. Let me ask you a question. With all that you are doing in life and placing those things above the work of God, one day when you are no more, what you toiled for, whoever takes it from you, what is the guarantee that he will do a better work than you did? And I, I, yesterday, I went to a pastoral visitation and I saw evidence of this scripture. I entered the house. It's a huge house. A story building. Very huge. And yet, you could sense that there were no hands on this property. Things are crumpling. Beautiful place. Big house. So, I was, as I was living, one of the children of the, the house owner asked him, so what is happening to this property? He said, we have been in court for many years. But finally, the court asked us to come home and settle it. And through prayer, my brothers and I have come to an amicable resolution. But for years, property is lying waste. Father who built it is gone. What am I saying to Calvary Baptist Church? Why are you serving God? Serve the Lord by leaving a legacy for your children's children. Don't think that I need to build my house and leave the house of God. Get involved in the project. Build for the Lord. Serve the Lord with all your heart. Give what you can give. Promote the agenda of the kingdom. Don't take your hands off the work of God. Don't be only interested in your personal venture. But leave a legacy. And I'm saying that number one, the Holy Spirit will make you know that you are in a season and you must know the season in which you are. There is a time when you want to plug in. It will be too late. It will be too late. God will say to you, I bless you with life. I bless you with education. I bless you with resources. I bless you with time. But you never cared about my house. You never cared about my project. It was all about you. And the Lord will say to you that the time came, but you could not discern the time and the season. Beloved, if there's any time to do anything for God, do it now. Number two, time is life is so brief. Our life here is so brief. There's nothing to procrastinate. If there's anything you want to do for God, leave a legacy for God. Calvary Baptist Church, leave a legacy for the Lord. Let your children come and say that we thank God for what our parents left behind. Number three, as we leave a legacy, remember that it's all about the grace of God. Whatever you are, whatever you have, Look, the table can turn. Oh. The table can turn. Today you may be at the top, but things can turn. But when you serve God and things turn, the grace of God will find you. I said the grace of God will find you. Ah, Mephibosheth 
was a royal. Born with a golden spoon in his mouth. That boy never suffered. His father was the next king apparel. And Nebuchadnezzar was born to be a successful person. He was going to inherit us riches. But his grandfather and father died. And all of a sudden, whilst his nest was running away from him, he was not born a lame, but as they were running, he fell and broke his legs. And he became a cripple. As soon as he became a cripple, there was a bat. There was a bat because no cripple can appear into public. No cripple can appear. And the Bible said, they pushed him to low Deba, the back. Where will your children be tomorrow when you are not there? I'm asking you a question. As you serve God, have you taught them? Have you made them know the Lord? Are you teaching them how to serve God with all their heart? He was in wilderness, forgotten. But the grace of God will speak for somebody. I said the grace will speak for somebody. Whilst he was in the wilderness, forgotten. Jehovah said to David, Is there anybody in the house of Saul that I will show him favor? For the, not because of Matthew, but because of Jonathan. Hey, whatever we do for God, grace will defend it. I said, what we do for God, grace will defend it. And they brought him. When they brought him, he said, Sir, I am a dog. How can you call yourself a dog? But God said, they may reject you. They may call you a God. But favor will find you out. And favor will give you a new race. You don't have legs to run. But when favor comes into your situation, favor will change the location. So from the ground, favor lifted him to a dining table. Oh, come on. This year, somebody will sit at the dining table. Oh, I said this year, somebody will sit at the dining table with the Lord. The Lord took him to a dining table with the king. And he ate with the king. May God's favor come upon somebody today. And may God's favor be upon you. Number four. Why must I walk with the Holy Spirit as a friend? Based upon limitation, I must know that God's covenant does not change. God's covenant does not change. God's covenant does not change. The lamentation is 102. He talked and talked and talked. But at the end, he said, my bones will waste away. But you, God, you endure forever. You live forever and ever. That was why when God said to Abraham, give your everything, give your Isaac, give your all, the Bible said, Abraham understood the covenant. And as they walked together with the servant, at the point, he told them, you stay here. You know, when you walk with the Holy Ghost, eh, there are levels at which he goes with you. Hello? There are levels. So he looked at the servant and said, you stay here. Because the next level is between me and God. The next level is between you and God. Because I have worked with this God. You people, you don't need to come. Because when you come, you will distort the agenda between me and God. So stay here. And the servant stay. I want to say to you that when you are dealing with covenant, there comes a time in your life there are some people you must cut off. Uh-huh. 
You really get it. I said, when you work with God and you are in covenant, there will come a time, there are some relationships, they don't need to be there between you and God because they are not partakers of the covenant. So Abraham said, stay aside because this one is between me and God. And the Bible said, as they went, he was with Isaac and he placed him on the altar, ready to kill him. And God appeared and said, Abraham, my name is Emmanuel. God is here. I only tested you, but I'm here. You will not kill this boy. Number two, my glory will overtake it. This sacrifice is about my glory. Number three, I promise you, Genesis 12, leave your country. My promise will never fail. I want to say to somebody who has been serving the Lord, you will think that God has forgotten you, but the promise of God is about to be fulfilled. Not next year, but the year 2021. I prophesy that the promise of God over your life maybe five years ago and you think that God has forgotten, he will do it for you. He said, I will provide. And he provided a lamp. But let me finish by saying that the character of God does not change. Psalm 102, all our lamentation is as if God has changed, but God's character does not change. He's forever and ever. He's enduring. He's compassionate. And God is a rewarder of those who seek him. As I close, permit me to come close to you this morning. And I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. Why are you serving God? You serving God. Deacon, don't serve God for only today. But serving beyond your future. You know why? When it only ends with you, you haven't done much. But as you serve God, have at the back of your mind your children's children's children. Because one day, God will look at you and say, because of your father, because of your mother, I, I will not disappoint you. Look, today, some of our children are in abroad. And they've been delivered from accident and death trap. Not because they prayed. Not because they spoke in tongues. But what covenant God had with you. The way you serve God. Ah, when God looked at David's children, ah, he said, I would have killed you, but for your father. But for your father. So don't only serve for today, but serve God beyond today. End up with me. I leave with you three things as a response to today's message. Beloved, when you work with the Holy Spirit, give everything in your hand to God and leave it in his hands. He took two loaves of bread and fishes and he multiplied it. Nothing in your hand is too small for God. This morning, if there's a check you must write, don't say it is too small. I sent an envelope to a lady. I was even feeling embarrassed. I said, oh, she can It is not plenty. But she called to say, Pastor, it was your envelope that sent me to hospital. Anything in your hands that you give to God, he will take it from you. He will multiply it and he will bless you. Number three, may you choose to be a partner with the Holy Spirit. Make it an intentional thing. Look, call your children, sit with them. One morning, sit with your children and tell them, my children, if there's anything you should learn from me, I have made a partnership with the Holy Ghost. If I die, continue the legacy. Never ever be ashamed of the Holy Spirit because everything will pass. 
but the Holy Ghost will live forever and ever and ever. And the last thing is that may you be led by the Holy Spirit that everything you do of your life, from today, let your life be a thankful, a thankful life. In other words, every day, count your blessings. Name them one by one. Anything you are doing for God, see it as your thanksgiving to God. And may God bless you. May God lift you higher and higher. May your work with the Holy Spirit be a difference. Two years from now, may they see you and see the hand of God in your life. Will you lift up your hand to the Holy Spirit and speak to him? Speak to the Holy Spirit this morning that I need you more than ever before. You are my best friend. You are my teacher. I shall not be afraid of you. I shall not be ashamed. I have lamentations in my heart. I am troubled in my spirit. But this morning, your word has come to me. And I am more than willing to serve. I am more than willing to surrender all. I am more than willing to give everything for the cause of your work. For I want to live a legacy. I want to live a legacy. I want to live an endurable legacy that my children can look back. So I will help in the work of the Lord. I will give. I will support the project. I shall pray. I shall go to the library, the amphitheater, the green belt. Whatever we do, God, let me be a part. Speak to the Lord. Speak to him. As a handover, speak to the Lord. Let the Lord speak to you. Somebody here, God is convicting you. He's convicting you that he wants to use you more than he's using you now. And you want to open up to the Holy Spirit as a handover to the servant of the Lord. Pray and seek the face of the Lord. God bless you. Praise the Lord. I hope the clap was for Jesus. Let's do it better to the Lord. Pastor Ray, God richly bless you. We, we want to respond with prayer. So wherever you are, if you don't mind, you can bow your heads with me. It's a loaded message, but I believe that the Lord out of his abundance has blessed you and spoken to you somehow. And we want to respond with prayer. No matter what you're going through right now, there is a spirit of God and there is a time and a season he's appointed to favor you. So you are not alone. Will you talk with God? When you are in casa, like, just pray. Something stood out for you. I love the partnership with God so that I don't have to be worried about what happens when I'm gone. A lot of us, that is the daily fear. So we begin to hoard. We think if we build extra houses, perhaps if we did more investment and we are gone, our children will be secured. It's not a bad idea, but the worry still is it's, it's persistent. So you want to hand over and say, Lord, take over. Whatever investment, whatever things that I'm doing in terms of legacy, in terms of inheritance, let God take over. Because if you have a foolish son or daughter to inherit you, they will sell those properties. And do you know what they'll do with it? In Laboni, I saw it. They will use it to buy cocaine. It should not be your story. That's why the message is very loaded for me. 
I've seen people sell beautiful houses in Laboni to go and do bet, like to, to do cha-cha in a casino. Things they left for them in, in Laboni here, in Accra. But I pray that as we heard this message, you, you are talking to God. Call the children, even if they are abroad, that this is the partnership I've had with God. Father, we thank you. We pray together, please. Heavenly Father, it's a privilege and an opportunity to come into your sanctuary and to come into your presence. We are delighted about the Father, Lord. You chose us this day to come, to worship you, to bless you, to honor you. We have lifted every burden and everything we have done this day into your hands. And you have blessed us. We say thank you. We say blessed be your holy name. You've watched over us, O oh Lord, throughout this service. And we are grateful to you. May everything that we have lifted to you be like a sweet-smelling aroma unto your presence, unto your grace. Now bless us. Now touch us. Now rekindle your spirit in us. Send us forth in your power and in your grace, we pray that everywhere we step will be blessed by you. Everywhere we be go will be, O oh Lord, carved by you. All that lies before us this week, may it be to your glory and to your honor and to your blessing. We say thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We want to thank you for the WMU, not only of this church, but all the WMUs which are represented here. They are doing great work, O oh Lord, for you. We pray for strength. We pray, O oh Lord, for, 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 for vitality and for wisdom and for grace for them. Where they have difficulties, Lord, or not it for them. And cause, O oh Lord, that next year will even be greater than the year we have covered. May it all be to your glory and to your honor. The lives they touch, may those lives be touched in a permanent way. In Jesus' name. Now dismiss us with your grace and go before us throughout this week and cause that where we step will be blessed by you. What we touch will be touched by you. May we be blessings unto many and your grace spread through us to reach many for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus Christ, then we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling, and present you spotless before his throne of grace. To the only wise God be dominion, power, and strength. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he hold you with his right hand and cause you to be blessed both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.